Good morning, Rabbi. Good morning, Joe. One of the things that used to get me in trouble in parochial school was during religious class, the nun would say something and then I would come up with, uh, but sister, what about? And I recall perhaps too fondly the one time where uh, I don't think it was Sister Andrew Mary, but it might've been Sister Bernadette, but I can't remember. Um, she said, God knows everything. And there, in the Bible, it says he's, there, he's counted every hair. He knows every sparrow that falls in the forest. And I'm not quoting it exactly. Yeah. But I said, sister, if God knows everything and God made us, when God makes us, doesn't he know what we're going to do in life? Doesn't he know what we're going to do a bad thing and eventually go to hell? So doesn't that mean that God is created us so we can go to hell or not us, but some people jury's still out on me. Um, so how, and, and she just sort of looked at me and let's move on. But it, it, it's a question that's gone through my life. How does you reconcile omnipotence with free will? You've asked the question that has plagued Western religions since Western religions began pondering what's going on. And there's a number of different approaches. There's a number of different ways to look at it. Everything that I have ever read or studied, and I'd be open to someone out there being my guest to kind of discuss how they do or what they do, because my, my view, you just described it. God, is, God isn't omnipotent. God isn't all-knowing. The problem lies with our definition of God. And you just outlined it. And that's why Sister Bernadette dodged the question or dance. And that's why philosophers dance, because it cannot be answered. And in the end, someone will say you have to have faith or God is a mystery. Well, it's fascinating. I'm not allowed to use that argument with anything else. If I go out and commit a crime and I go to court and I go, you have to have faith, I did the right thing, or you misunderstood me, or it doesn't, won't hold up anywhere. So I'm not a big fan. In fact, just the opposite. When someone invokes the, you have to have faith, or God is a mystery clause, that says to me, we're on the wrong track. You've made the wrong assumptions to start with. Instead of starting with this is God, these are God's attributes, this is what God is not. Instead of starting with that, let's look out the window and see what goes on in the universe. And we see that there are situations that, as you described, I can't have free will with God knowing everything. It, we see that that's not a possibility. Just like if I pick up something and drop it, gravity will pull it down no matter how much I don't want it to. There is an effect and we've learned that the size of the object has, a, a, well, subatomic particles have gravity and pull each other. So we know that there are certain things in the external, in the world we live in. And to make something up, 
So why do we have to have an omnipotent, all-knowing God? Why can't we just admit that we're all part of the one, whatever that may mean, everything is interconnected and has a relationship with everything else, and that there is no being, and I've said this before, there is no being out there that drops space toilets on people he doesn't like. And why do I have to arrange God in my image? Why can't I just look and say, yes, there is a power greater than myself. There are things at work around me. I am part of this. And my part is having free will. The, the best, if you like, explanation, if you want to hold on to God as an all-knowing being, was in the Talmud. And the rabbis were discussing this. And one of the rabbis said, when God created human beings, he decided, he decided to suspend being all-knowing. He created human beings with free will. He then said, here's the holiness code, Leviticus chapter 11. You can look up the holiness code. God made it public. It's not a secret. These are the things I want from you, human beings. And I've mentioned before, the holiness code does not contain ritual. It's a direct, God's directly talking to us. He said, here it is. And at that moment, God said, you know, I can know everything. If I do, there's no way for people to have free will. So I am going to willfully suspend my ability to know everything. So God can do anything. So he is, in a sense, making a rock so heavy that he can't pick it up. Exactly. And that's what they said in the Talmud. They said, yes, since he can do everything and we want to hold on to both free will and omniscience, why don't... And, it's a, akin to us as parents. Many times we'll hear or know something that our child did or didn't do or how they acted. And then when the, something happens, we intentionally don't bring it up or remember it because it would destroy our relationship with our children or it wouldn't give our children a chance to grow. So in a sense, we are as parents, as adults, knowing things, about our children, their behavior. We may have talked to a neighbor or friend and they told us an incident, but we realize if we bring that up, if we use our knowledge, it won't be helpful for our children. So that's what the rabbis in the Talmud, that's how they reconcile the, this idea of omniscience with free will, that they also, the rabbis in the Talmud and it's Judaism, emphasize free will is more important than God knowing. So we're going to come up with ways to protect free will, even at the expense of God not using his omniscience, his all-knowing powers. So if I do get hit eventually with a space toilet, I should know it was nothing personal on God's part. Exactly. You were well, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, I know one thing that is not in the wrong place or the wrong time, and it's whenever I get to talk to you about these subjects. Thank you very much. That was most enlightening. You're, you're welcome. And just so you know, I didn't want to say any of these things. God made me. <laughs>